Hey, welcome to Free Indeed. This is the podcast where we get into the word, tackle tough questions, get encouraged, and have lots of fun. Let's go. We serve a wonder-working God. Demons flee at His name. He's a promise keeper. What was meant for bad, He can turn for your good. Hey everyone, welcome to Free Indeed. Today's episode is part three of Identity, Who Are You? Last time we continued through Hebrews 10, and this episode we'll pick up with verse 23. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. This is awesome because he's encouraging us to hold fast this testimony, this reality. He's saying, don't let go of this. This is true. This is the reality. This is our faith in Jesus. He's saying, this is our our reality that we have to hold on to, not the sacrifices of bulls or goats. Of course, no one does that anymore anyway. Not the, oh, well, I, I bawled my eyes out yesterday, so I know I'm good with God. No, don't hold on to that. That's wavering. That's a shaky foundation. How much confidence can you really have in something like that? Not not much at all. None at all, if I'm being honest. Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. God is faithful. If he wasn't, that means his words would not be true. And if that was the case, this world would cease to exist. Because this physical world is actually continuing to be energized and held up and held together by the power of God's word. Or a word of his power. Sorry. (laughs) And let us consider, verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That's kind of what I'm doing with this podcast. I want to encourage you, provoke you to love and good works. If you're a believer out there and you feel like just a Joe Blow, Jane Doe, nothing special, let me correct that. You, You are special. You are important to God. And even if, even if you don't have any aspirations to become a minister yourself or do something great, uh, join the Olympics or whatever, it, it's okay. It doesn't matter because one day, none, no earthly, natural thing is going to matter. After a million years in heaven, today is not going to matter. What you do with Jesus today is going to matter, and that's it. And the other things that are more important than maybe your job is... Love and good works. Not good works to be saved or stay saved. No, not at all. But good works as as a believer. I believe this podcast is going to be a good work to encourage you. Because how how many of you know that sometimes all you need in the day is a little encouragement. A little encouragement could be a seed that sprouts in seconds and causes you to have an amazing day. It changes you on the inside and you have the most wonderful day. I've experienced that where somebody just said something nice to me and it maybe wasn't even, you know, deeply spiritual and theological and doctrinal and all that. It was just, you know, Hey man, doing good. I appreciate you. You know, you, you're doing good or whatever. Or, or maybe my parents encouraged me with an encouraging word or prayed for me and it just helped me have a great day. Uh, it blessed me. It's what it feels like to be blessed, to be encouraged. I believe I believe those could almost be synonymous now that I think about it. I think 
you're blessed when you're encouraged because when you're discouraged, you're not op you're not operating as a blessed person. Not that you aren't already blessed of God, but you aren't operating in the potential or or the gear of that blessing, if you will. And and again, the good works, uh, like I said, would you just you know praying for a fellow brother or sister, encouraging them, praying, praying with them, praying for them. Um, you know, go, going to church, not forsaking the fellowship of each other right now after the, uh, pandemic and everything, uh, a lot of people, and this is not to discourage you. This is not tearing you down. I'm not attacking you, but a lot of people, uh, who used to maybe faithfully go to church are not anymore, even though church is back, uh, you know, for the most part, a lot of churches, unfortunately have closed, but there's many churches that are still going and going strong and they, they're not bending the knee. And, you know, if for some of you, if, if church attendance has been just, uh, you felt like you had to, and, and this kind of gave you the excuse to just say, you know what? I never really enjoyed it anyway. That's okay. I get it. I'm not attacking you at all. But what I would encourage you, like this verse says, the good a good work would, hey, try to find a home church. Try to find a good local body of believers, even if they don't meet on a Sunday, even if it's not during the day. I used to play drums for a church uh, for about five years that had Saturday night services. It was great. <laughs> it was it was really good. They taught on grace. They had revelation about God, about who we were in Christ how stable and secure we were in God. And I thank God for that time. I made good friends from there. The music was great. I had a chance to worship God with my talents and abilities on drums. And um, just, it was a great season of life, honestly. So, you know, I'm sure that the early church, that, you know, they met in houses. They met at people's houses and had fellowship and food and just talked about the Lord and maybe read some, some scripture, some old text of a prophet and said, you know, and then we're living this now, this Jesus fulfilled this, you know, now this is us now. That's church encouragement, having a word, a message and just encouraging, you know, if you were here with me right now, um, in person and, and I was speaking directly to you in person and we were together and whether or not you had a lot of uh, things to add to what I'm saying, this this could be like church. I'm I'm giving you a word and encouragement, and and sharing God's truth with you. This now I'm not saying at all that this counts as going to church. Please do not <laughs> do not do that. We're not going there. <laughs> Please find a local body of believers, uh, no matter when or where they meet up that is teaching the truth, that is teaching new covenant in Christ reality, that is consistent, and enjoy it. Go for it. That's it's church. And uh, there's nothing wrong either with traditional church. I go to Sunday morning church myself, and it's good. It's great. God moves. Anytime two or more are gathered in his name, he's there and he moves. Okay, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some is, but exhorting one another 
and so much more as you see the day approaching. Exhorting is what I just did. I exhorted you. Please don't give up church. You are doing yourself a greater disservice than you realize. I promise that soccer game is not worth it. That that cowboy game is not worth it. That football game is not worth it. That whatever is not worth the trade-off. I promise you. Because what is that football team going to do for you spiritually? Are they going to give you confidence towards God? No. Is your kid's soccer game going to give you confidence towards God? No. Are you going to grow in knowledge and revelation of who you are in God uh, in the bleachers? No. And again, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying let's try to reorganize our priorities and realize you know what, let's, you know, one of the things we're going to do on this podcast is tackle tough questions and topics, but I'll, I'll do one right now. Let's just say you don't care. <laughs> let's say you're a Christian, you love God, but you just, I'm all about honesty because when you, when you start operating with honesty, then you can get somewhere. Let's just say you tell me, I, I love God, I love Jesus, I'm saved. Maybe I'm even baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, I, all that. Yeah, as awesome as that is. But maybe you, you could say, I've just lost my desire to go to church, man. It just doesn't do it for me anymore. I can't find a church around here that teaches what I believe, so on and so forth. Well, thank you for being honest. And I just want to encourage you, God still loves you. Nothing has changed between you and God. The only difference is you, you've opted out of taking time to be encouraged by being surrounded by other like-minded believers to build you up, to encourage you, to get you excited and energized for the week ahead. Me, personally, I, I have to have my church time. Uh, it's where I get fed. It's where I get encouraged and lifted up. It gives me power and strength to face the week, uh, the week ahead, the work week or whatever. I get a word sometimes from... God at church through another believer. And that's the thing. The corporate blessing and the the opportunity for someone else to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know, uh, I got this word. I feel like God is saying this. And it could be like, wow, God, he sees me. He really sees me. He really hears my prayers. He really knows what's going on in my life. That has happened to me so many times in church where I get a word and I'm encouraged. And I needed it because I'm going to face something or a battle coming up that I needed that word. You know what I mean? So that's just one example of, of some of the many things that you're you're missing out on if you don't go. And even if you just go a couple of times a month, start there. Find somewhere that feeds you and doesn't bleed you. <laughs> there we go again with the, uh, the rhyming. But it makes sense. Go somewhere uh, that feeds you, that doesn't bleed you. And you know, you know what I mean. Somewhere that helps you, that doesn't hurt you. Moving on. For if we sin willfully... Verse 26, after we receive the knowledge of the truth, what's the truth we just received the knowledge of? The fact that we're made righteous once and for all by the blood of Jesus. There remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. This is talking about not you, washed child of God that maybe has just given in again to an addiction. That's not talking about you. It says adversaries. Uh, you can't be a child of God and an adversary of God at the same time, okay? It's talking about those that they straight up hate God. Maybe they're Satanists. Maybe they, they know exactly what they're doing. It's talking about something like that. And by the way, if you're hearing this and you are a Satanist and you hate God, 
the the door of repentance and accepting Jesus is still open for you too. You can accept God. You can repent of this life you're living and say, I, I've made a mistake. God is the way. Jesus is right. I, I'm sorry. I believe in you. Cleanse me of this. Set me free of this. Help me to get away from this. It, it's not too late for you either, okay? There's been lots of testimonies, lots of people who have been saved out of the occult. Moving on. Verse 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose you that he thought worthy, who has trodden underfoot the Son of God, and has counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he has sanctified an unholy thing, and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. This is somebody who, uh, you know, cultist or not, <laughs> you just you just don't care. You hate God, um, or I would say they hate God, uh, and they've counted it a common thing. They've done despite unto the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of grace, talking about the very Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, um, the blood of Jesus is nothing to them. It's, it's as, as the same as walking on another step of dirt so they can get to where they're going. They don't care. Um, and they've trodden underfoot the Son of God. Jesus is just less something less to be considered to them than maybe their next door neighbor. You know, It's talking about people who completely reject this until the end, and it just means nothing to them. That's what this is talking about. Or especially people who have a revelation understanding of this, but still, for some reason, there's just something not clicking there and you just don't care. You know, it's talking about that. And let me say, you know, if you are one of these people, it's still not too late. You can still repent. And repent means change your mind, okay? That's all it means. I'll get into that later. Um, there's a little appetizer for you. Change your mind. And with that change of mind... There's going to eventually, even if it takes years, there's going to be an eventual change of lifestyle. And it's not up to you to change your life. God does it with your willingness to change your mind because he can do a lot with a changed mind. You can't. I've been there. My, I had repented of things so many times, but I thought it was still up to me to make a change in my own life when I was trying to do God's work and only God can do God's work. And that can probably be an episode for a later time. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongs to me. I will re recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Again, that's just tying up the end of what he was saying. Of I'm going to just uh, make it easy and say, like, enemies of God. He's saying, you know, you really don't want to fall. The, the scariest thing for anybody at the end of time is to fall into the hands of God. Not talking about a Christian who still struggles with sin. A saint who sometimes sins is still secure. There's a difference between a sinner or an enemy of God and a saint who still sometimes struggles with sin in the flesh. 32, verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days which after you were illuminated, or once your mind was enlightened with this revelation of the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you endured a great fight of afflictions. So one of the great fight of afflictions, and I've had many, is those mental battles where fear or anxiety or worry tries to grip you and well how do you know what how do you know this is true blah 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 whatever you can fill in the blank with whatever even if it's just a what if fearful thought those fights of afflictions can be the worst and what's going to get you through brother or sister what's going to get you through that what's going to get you through that I promise, is going to be the Word of God. 
and not just some random verse, but specifically this revelation that the word of God is trying to get across to you, that you're forever accepted before God based on, on the basis of the blood of Jesus. And that's it. Jesus plus nothing. You, you, as long as you got Jesus, everything else doesn't matter. And, you know, sometimes too, you need a little more than just realizing, okay, I know I'm accepted before God, but maybe I'm dealing with these things that are causing me great emotional turmoil in, in the world. And I need God to show up for me, help me out in the natural, in the mental. Well, God can do that too. And he will. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He won't deny us. And if he freely gave us Jesus Christ, how, how with he shall he not also freely give us all things to enjoy? A clear, sound, relaxed mind is something to enjoy. You can put anything in there. Uh, good food is something to enjoy. Good spiritual friends, godly friends is something to enjoy. Healing in your family is something to enjoy. Being free of addictions is something to enjoy. So all these things that are something to enjoy, the Bible says, wouldn't God give that to you too if he gave you Jesus? Think about it. Verse 33. Partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions. Again, there's the afflictions. And partly while you became companions of them that were so used. Talking about you were in a group of people uh, or you were categorized with maybe a brother or sister at work. That, oh, they're those Christians over there. Yeah. And you get criticized, you get chastised, you get, you get talked about, you get lied about. There's rumors going around about you. People look at you with the side eye. Uh, again, unfortunately I've been there many times at many different workplaces where, um, just my mere presence would stir up, uh, the enemy and other people. And it would, it just wasn't pleasant. For you had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Verse 34 is what I just read. And Paul right there is talking about, um, you know, he was frequently imprisoned. So Paul frequently had uh, afflictions of the flesh, meaning in this flesh, in this natural realm, in this natural state of being, he had people that hated him. He was stoned. He was whipped. He was scourged. He was beaten with rods. Uh, and you can go into in-depth studies about the process of some of those things. And it was brutal. Uh, it was no joke. And he's saying that you had compassion on me talking about the Hebrews, this, this, letter of Hebrews is written to the Hebrews and he's saying and you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods they had joy helping Paul in the natural they were joyful to bless him with donations so he could have the the physical means to keep preaching the gospel keep bringing this message of awesomeness to the world Knowing in yourselves that you have in, uh, in heaven a better and enduring substance. Saying, so once they believe the gospel, once they believe the gospel, he's saying, you have something way better waiting for you in heaven than your tithe, than your gracious gift this month of, of money to help me go to uh, Macedonia or, or whatever <laughs> a town he went to or city. 
He's saying, you have something way better in heaven. So God bless you. Thank you for your gift. Uh, we appreciate it. You know, Paul and his companions. And by the way, uh, don't worry about what you may have to temporarily do without in the natural, because when you do that, uh, or because you have something better in the spiritual, you can rest assured that in the moments where you do a little bit without in the natural, it's really no big deal, really. Because the substance you have in heaven is enduring. It endures eternity. Money, food, time, clothing, whatever, housing, will not endure eternity. But your reward in heaven of the righteousness of Jesus, being a child of God, that endures through all eternity. That's what he's saying. Verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. He's saying, don't let go. Again, like the previous verse, don't let go of this. Hold on to it. Hold firm and steadfast. Don't cast it away. Because when you cast away your confidence in it, your life is going to resemble that of a non-believer. I've been there again. A lot of the things that I'm covering have experienced so much of what the Bible talks about that I can read a verse and, and uh, say, I, I know what that feels like. I've, I've been through that. God's had to help me through that. You know, I, I get it. I've been there. But God is good. He will restore your confidence. He's brought me through a season of restoration, restoring my confidence in the gospel. Uh, when I felt the dread, uh, beyond dread, and just, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't going to make it. But God is so good. I give him all the praise and honor and recognition because he is so good. And no matter what your season looks like, no matter how long your night season lasts, God can flip on the switch and eclipse your darkness and restore confidence in the gospel and who you are that the gospel says you are and say, I know I'm good because God says I'm, I'm acceptable. I'm holy and righteous. I don't have to worry about my future anymore once and for all. Amen. You know, verse 36, for you have need of patience. What? I need patience, Paul. Yep. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, comma, you might receive the promise or you're going to receive the promise after you patiently do the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, Jesus explains in other, other parts of uh, the New Testament uh, that the work of God is to believe. Because I just got through telling you about how your the work you don't do works to get saved, okay? You don't do works to stay saved. You don't do works to get forgiven, you know, the sacrificial system or your own version of it. I'll keep saying those phrases so it's easier to identify what I'm referring to. Your version of sacrifices or the actual Old Testament version of sacrifices, whether your version is, re oh, God, I'm sorry, repent, forgive me, you know, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. If that's your way of feeling like you get right with God again by doing that, that's not, that's not the work that saves you. The work of the cross on, of Jesus Christ is what saved you. His blood is what saved you. So the will of God is believing and continuing to believe in God. He says you need patience. Why? Because this world will test your patience. Circumstances will test your patience. That sickness you've had for years will test your patience. I've got uh, several things. I can't think of everything off the top of my head, but there there's several things I'm believing for healing right now. I've got a certain skin condition. I'm believing for a total, complete healing one day. So you received the promise because you had patience and you kept believing and enduring those great fights of afflictions that, that Paul is saying 
it, that he says, the, the author says in this chapter, in this book, you're going to need patience because you, that's how you obtain the promises of God is through patience and enduring. One thing we need more than renewing of our minds of the revelation of God and who we are in Christ and your security in Christ is having the patience to go along with it so you can see the fruits of it when it's all said and done. Because the devil will try to make you tap out in this life, but you can't tap out. Verse 37, for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and not tarry. Talking about Jesus, he's going to come again and just a little while. Even if that's how you encourage yourself to get through each day, just say a little longer, just a little bit longer. A little, he'll be back in a little while. He'll be back in a little while. And until then, he's going to give me the patience and the endurance that I need so I can receive the final promise of being in heaven and, and the summation of all the promises of God. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. No, wait. Verse 39. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but them that believe to the saving of the soul. So, brother or sister, that's talking about us. Uh, that's the end of Hebrews 10. If you're a believer, you are not one who draws back. So God does have pleasure in you. His soul does have pleasure in you. Uh, you are living by faith. The faith is the patience and the endurance and saying just a little while, he'll be back or just a little while and my, my healing is going to manifest and just holding on. That's faith and believing that what you can't see will come into being at, at the right time, in God's time. So that was Hebrews 10. Uh, I'm going to continue this with the contrast in Isaiah 53 and probably bounce between Hebrews 10 and Isaiah 53 to just show you the contrast and the difference. And so we're going to be moving on to that in the next episode. We've run out of time, unfortunately, on this one. Uh, just wanted to say God bless you. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and we're going to continue on this uh, in Christ realities, uh, the end of all sacrifices, who you are in Christ. And we'll, we're going to finish this and start feathering in Isaiah 53, the next episode. Before we go, let me pray for you. Lord, uh, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would seal this revelation up in the hearts of the believers and, and the listeners out there that hear this. I pray that you would comfort their hearts and their minds drive away any evil spirits, any sickness that may be plaguing them right now. Clear their minds, God. Help them to believe and receive this word. Protect them and watch over them as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Free Indeed. Hey, if this has blessed you, feel free to tell me about it by emailing me at freeindeedshow at gmail.com. And remember, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed.